Welcome to our podcast. I am Linda Messer. My husband Ron and I invite you to join us in our weekly broadcast of A New Voice of Freedom. Welcome to Season 4 of A New Voice of Freedom, written by Ronald Keith Messer. This podcast is part of a series we call Poets' Corner, an appendage to a series of books written under the banner In Defense of Christianity. This segment is from Edmund Spencer's The Fairy Queen, Book 1, Canto 10, Part 2, Episode 29. Podcast 173 is entitled, The Price of Repentance in the House of Holiness. In last week's episode, Una brings the Red Cross Knight to the House of Holiness to heal him. There they meet Dame Celia, or Heavenly Lady, her three daughters, Fidelia, which means faith, Speranza, which means hope, and Charissa, which means charity. They also meet humility and zeal. The House of Holiness is in sharp contrast to the House of Pride, where they paraded the seven deadly sins, lust, gluttony, greed, sloth, wrath, envy, and pride, driven by Satan and ruled by Queen Lucifera, where Duessa had taken the Red Cross Knight to destroy him. Fidelia and Speranza, when they see Una, straightway greet her, for they recognize her as a great lady. They are instant friends. Then, in modesty, at Una's request, they turn toward the Red Cross Knight, whom they do not know, and salute him courteously and speak of other great guests who have come to the House of Holiness. They seen Una toward her Ganwind, who them encounters with like courtesy. Many kind speeches they between them spend, and greatly joy each other well to see. Then, to the knights, with shamefast modesty, they turn themselves at Una's meek request, and him salute with well-beseeming glee, who fare them quites, as he beseemed best and goodly gan discourse of many a noble guest. Una asked the two sisters about the whereabouts of Charissa. Is she ill, or is she wanted elsewhere? Fidelia and Speranza say their sister Charissa may not come, for she has just given birth to another son. They praise God for Charissa's eternal increase. The sisters, of course, represent the three great virtues of whom Paul said, And now abide faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. The birth of a new son to charity represents the fruits of charity. Again, Paul tells us, Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemingly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things, charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies they shall fail, Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. The two sisters praise God for their sister, Charissa. Then Una thus, 
but she, your sister dear, the dear Charissa, where is she become? Or wants she health, or busy is elsewhere? Ah, no, said they, but forth she may not come. For she of late is lightened of her womb, and hath increased the world with one son more, that her to see would be but troublesome. Indeed, quoth she, that should be trouble sore, but thanked be to God, and her increase so evermore. Celia, also known as Heavenly Lady, recognizing that the Red Cross Knight was exhausted, called a groom whose name was Obedience to lead him to his room. The Red Cross Knight took off his powerful armor and fell fast asleep. The irony is clear. Twice before, when the Red Cross Knight took off his armor, he was severely vulnerable to temptation and danger. One, he fell in sinful dalliance with Duessa, causing him to lose his virtue. And two, he was beaten in battle by the giant Orgoglio, who put him in his dungeon to starve. Here, however, the Red Cross Knight is safe in the House of Holiness. In fact, in the House of Holiness he must remove his battle armor and submit himself entirely to the will of all the virtues. Then said the aged Celia, Dear dame, and you, good sir, I wot that of your toil and labors long, through which ye hither came, ye both for wearied be. Therefore a while I read you rest, and to your bowers recoil. Then called she a groom, that forth him led into a goodly lodge, and gan despoil of puissant arms, and laid an easy bed. His name was meek obedience, rightfully erred. After both Una and the Red Cross Knight had rested, they were fed. Una then asked Fidelia to take her knight into her schoolhouse, where he could be taught wisdom from her divine words. Fidelia granted her request and taught the Red Cross Knight the laws of the celestial kingdom, or kingdom of heaven. She opened his eyes to greater light. Now when their weary limbs with kindly rest and bodies were refreshed with due repast, fair Una gan Fidelia's fair request to have her knight into her schoolhouse placed, that of her heavenly learning he might taste and hear the wisdom of her words divine. She granted, and that night so much a grass that she him taught celestial discipline and opened his dull eyes, that light mote in them shine. No one could read the sacred book but Fidelia. In other words, without faith one cannot understand the scriptures. She taught the Red Cross Knight everything. She preached from the heavenly documents, doctrines that the natural man could never understand. She taught of grace, justice, and free will. The Red Cross Knight was astonished at her teachings. Fidelia first killed his heart then raised it to life again. In other words, she humbled him. Remember, he was a valiant knight filled with pride. But from the ashes, she raised him back to life again with thrilling doctrines. Of course, Fidelia means faith. Remember, it was the Red Cross Knight who gave Prince Arthur a copy of the New Testament. The difference this time was that he heard those words both with his mind and his heart. It was faith that transformed him. One is reminded of the Savior's words as recorded in Matthew 13, Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. And that her sacred book with bloody writ that none could read, except she did them teach, she unto him disclosed every whit, 
and heavenly documents thereout did preach that weaker wit of man could never reach of God, of grace, of justice, of free will, that wonder was to hear her goodly speech. For she was able with her words to kill and raise again to life the heart that she did thrill. Fidelia, of course, symbolizes faith, as I said, and when necessary, she has the power to perform extraordinary miracles compared to Joshua, who made the sun and moon stand still until the Israelites had avenged themselves upon their enemies, or as Isaiah, who made the shadow turn backward ten degrees, or as Gideon, using only three hundred men, conquered the Midianites and Amalekites, and all the children of the east which lay along in the valley like grasshoppers for multitude and their camels were without number, as the sand by the seaside for multitude, or like Moses, who stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night, and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided, or like the priests that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord, who stood firm on dry ground in the midst of Jordan. And all the Israelites passed over on dry ground during high flood season, It was the Savior, as recorded in Matthew 21, who said, Verily I say unto you, If ye have faith and doubt not, ye shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if ye shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. It was Almighty God who gave faith such power and magnificent influence over others. And when she lists pour out her larger sprite, she would command the hasty sun to stay, or backwards turn his course from heaven's height. Sometimes great hosts of men she could dismay, dry sod to pass she parts the floods in tway. And eke huge mountains from their native seat she would command themselves to bear away, and throw in raging sea with roaring threat. Almighty God, her gave such power and puessence great. The Red Cross Knight grew stronger by hearing the stories of Fidelia and Speranza. He was so moved that he began to abhor the wretched world of Lucifera, Duessa, and the awful sins of the world. He began to loathe the mortal life and was grieved as he remembered his own wicked ways in the house of pride with Duessa. His conscience was pricked with anguish of his sins and he desired to end his life, so strong was the dart of sinful guilt and the dismay of his soul. The faithful knight now grew in little space by hearing her and by her sister's lore to such perfection of all heavenly grace that wretched world he gan for to abhor, and mortal life gan loath as thing forlore. Grieved with remembrance of his wicked ways and pricked with anguish of his sins so sore that he desired to end his wretched days, so much the dart of sinful guilt the soul dismays. Speranza, who symbolizes hope, was wise. She gave him sweet comfort. This, of course, is in sharp contrast to Despair, who gave Sir Terwin a rusty knife to kill himself and Sir Trevison a rope to hang himself, and even persuaded the Red Cross Knight that it would be better to end his life than to commit more sins. If you remember, Speranza carried a silver anchor. The anchor represents hope. It is symbolic of the anchor spoken of by Paul in Hebrews 6. 
which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, but sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil, whether the forerunner is of us entered even Jesus, made an high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Speranza was afraid that the Red Cross Knight might forget all that Fidelia had taught him. It was a reminder to him of the despair he formerly felt when he was considering suicide, until saved by faithful Una, who in great perplexity chastised him and immediately took him to the house of holiness. But wise Speranza gave him comfort sweet and taught him how to take assured hold upon her silver anchor, as was meet. Else had his sins so great and manifold made him forget all that Fidelia told. In this distressed, doubtful agony, when him his dearest Una did behold, disdaining life, desiring leave to die, she found herself assailed with great perplexity. Celia then entered, who was well acquainted with those who suffered the horrors of a guilty conscience. She wisely comforted the Red Cross Knight with good counsel and advice and straightway sent him with diligence to a doctor who had great insight into the disease of a burning conscience. He could well cure the malady. The doctor's name was Patience. And came to Celia to declare her smart, who well acquainted with the common plight which sinful horror works in wounded heart. Her wisely comforted all that she might with goodly counsel and advisement right, and straightway sent with careful diligence to fetch a leech, the which had great insight in the disease of grieved conscience, and well could cure the same. His name was Patience. Patience approached the tormented knight, and with great difficulty persuaded him to tell his grief. If you recall... Prince Arthur had the same kind of difficulty persuading Una to tell him of her grief over losing her knight. For some, it is difficult to share their burdens, even if it would lighten their load. However, once the Red Cross Knight had confessed his sins, he immediately began to feel relief. Patients supplied the appropriate salves and medicines as well as words of wise counsel which added more relief. The knight was greatly eased and his pain grew lighter. Spencer's referring to the power of confession. Who coming to that soul-diseased knight could hardly him entreat to tell his grief, which known, and all that noyed his heavy sprite well searched, if soons he gan apply relief of salves and medicines, which had passing brief, and thereunto added words of wondrous might. By which to ease he him recurred brief and much assuaged the passion of his plight, that he his pain endured and seeming now more light. However, the root cause of his guilt remained. It still festered within and rankled the Red Cross Knight. Before he could be relieved of his sin, patience had to apply the remedy even deeper. That could only come with a strict spiritual diet to cure his stubborn malady. In other words, the Red Cross Knight, though he felt the inward turmoil, had not yet come to grips with his sins and therefore could not receive the cure. But yet the cause and root of all his ill inward corruption and infected sin, not purged nor healed behind, remained still. And festering sore did rankle yet within, 
close creeping twixt the marrow and the skin, which to extirp he laid him privately down in a darksome, lowly place, far in, whereas he meant his corrosives to apply, and with straight diet tame his stubborn malady. Therefore patience dressed the night in sackcloth and ashes, that included daily fasting to heal the swelling wounds. In addition, the Red Cross Knight had to pray morning and evening. His wound could only be healed with tongues fiery hot. In other words, he first had to understand the depth of his sins and feel the proper remorse. Remember, he had violated the code of knighthood, that is, virtue and chastity, for he was seduced by Duessa, the whore of Babylon, and had partaken of her sins. No corrupted jot could be left in his body or it would continue to fester and never heal. Spencer understood that true repentance required not only confession of his sin, but a true understanding of the gravity of his sins, and then a true forsaking of his sins. In ashes and sackcloth he did array his dainty course, proud humors to abate, and dieted with fasting every day. The swelling of his wounds did mitigate and made him pray both early and eke late. And ever as superfluous flesh did rot, amendment ready still at hand did wait to pluck it out with pincers fiery hot, that soon in him was left no one corrupted jot. The Red Cross Knight then met bitter penance, who with an iron whip daily punished him, Then sharp remorse pricked his heart, bringing great drops of blood. Penance and remorse were followed by repentance that soaked his body in salt water, which smarted his open wounds even more till the filthy blots of sin were washed away. In a short time, however, health was restored to the Red Cross Knight, who had once desired to die and, in fact, lived at death's door. Spencer is speaking of the hell that awaits the wicked. If the Red Cross Knight had not repented of his sins while in the flesh, he would have had to suffer a greater punishment, which was like a lake of fire and brimstone. And bitter penance with an iron whip was wot him once to dispel every day, and sharp remorse his heart did prick and nip, that drops of blood thence like a well did play. And sad repentance used to embay his body in salt water, smarting sore, the filthy blots of sin to wash away. So in short space they did to health restore the man that would not live, but erst lay at death's door. The torment was often so great that he would cry and roar like a lion, as if his flesh were torn and his sinews eaten. When Una heard his painful shrieks and groanings, it tore at her guiltless garments and her golden hair. She pitied his pain and anguish, yet she wisely bore it with patience, for she knew that without sore repentance, he would never be free of his sins. In which his torment often was so great that like a lion he would cry and roar and rend his flesh and his own sinews eat. His own dear Una heard evermore his rueful shrieks and groanings, often tore her guiltless garments and her golden hair. For pity of his pain and anguish sore, Yet all with patience wisely she did bear, for well she wist his crime could else be never clear. Spencer's message is that repentance is a process, though sometimes excruciating, 
Repentance in this life is a thousand times easier than the pains of hell in the next. The Red Cross Knight is being taught the gravity of sin and the glory of repentance through the grace of Christ. Please join us next week as we continue to follow the Red Cross Knight on his journey to repentance in the house of holiness. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast.